Good morning and welcome to the Weldon Greed Podcast. Today I have another episode of Ask Weldon for you and tomorrow I want to remind everybody that we are kicking off the Training Tuesdays and it's not going to be Training Tuesdays anymore. I'm actually going to pick two days throughout the week where after my live stream show on Twitch, I'm going to then train somebody using sports psychology for maybe 45 minutes. And that's usually going to be an eSport athlete. It could also be a sport athlete, depending on who signs up. And you can sign up for that. It's going to be free. The only caveat, of course, is that I get to stream it and use it in my content on YouTube and stuff like that. But anyway, it's uh, it's like a one-on-one session live in front of an audience, basically. You can think of it like Dr. Phil or, or Oprah or some sort of like, you know, talk show, essentially. But we're going to be using, you know, sports psychology and doing the same kind of session that I would be doing with an athlete for one of the teams that I coach. And you can sign up for that at, in my Discord. There is a there is a survey that you can fill out and it's pinned in the general channel. I think you can find the link to my Discord in the information for this podcast. It's one of the top links of the of the description for this podcast. And without further ado, let's dive into the show. Good morning and welcome to the Ask Weldon Show episode 186. Today we have a very exciting show for you with a lot of really interesting questions actually i was i was kind of feeling guilty about the uh the thing i was supposed to do today until i sat down to prep for the show and the questions made me so excited i realized this is going to be one of the best shows ever and i'm so happy that you are here to tune into it my name is weldon and this is my show where you ask me questions about sport psychology in esport i'm a sports psychology trainer with a master's degree in sport and exercise psychology master's degree in sports sciences with a focus in, I don't even know what it's called. Anyway, it's a Master's of Sports Sciences in Sport and Exercise Psychology degree from the University of Vascula. And for the last six years, I have been working as an eSport psychology trainer in mostly Professional League of Legends and a little bit of CSGO. And uh, yeah, in this in this show, you have an opportunity to call into anchor.fm slash Weldon Green, which is a little app you can have on your phone. And you call into my podcast station and you say, you have one minute to essentially talk in and say, I have this question, I have this concern, I have this context. What do you think? And I play it on the show and I answer it for you. So please check that out. Also, it's being streamed live. So if you want to go to twitch.tv slash mindgameswelden and check out the full show, that is the pre-show and the post-show before this little YouTube segment, you can do that as well. No other announcements other than Training Tuesday, which is the Tuesday where you, uh, I'm going to train somebody live on stream. It's postponed till next week because I had a talk this weekend that I had to prep for and I had to do everything related to that and not set up the Training Tuesday. So we're going to kick that off next week. Thank you to the 41 people who applied. I will say Friday who is going to be in Training Tuesdays. And if you want to apply, come to the Discord. There's a pinned post in the in the basic general channel where you can fill in your information essentially and then uh, and then get chosen and i might even expand that i was thinking last night about expanding that to uh when the show expands to just doing that you know every day having the ask weldon show and then a training period and then you know because i feel like why not other people stream for eight hours i stream for one hour every single day 6 30 p.m los angeles time by the way put that on your calendars but maybe we can expand that out so that we have a more comprehensive and long broadcast to deal with and that would be kind of fun i've been thinking about that so let me know what you think if you have a if you have a thought in the comments down below and let's jump into the show today's show is fire and i'm so excited for you to hear these questions 
Hopefully, I answer them well. I wonder what I'm going to say. I'm always excited to find out how I'm going to answer these things. Hi, Weldon. I'm a female gamer who plays support and mains champions like Nami and Janna. And I want to feel proud of how much I improve at the game, but sometimes it's hard when so many of the people I encounter tease me for being the typical e-girl support player and put me down for playing the easy role. And I want to continue maining support, but sometimes people's comments can get to me even to the point where I think about switching roles just to get more respect. So do you have any advice for me and potentially other female players in similar situations? Thank you. Alright, so this is the age-old conundrum of you have this psychological, we have these base psychological needs for competency. And we fulfill them by doing things like, you know, competitive ranking, right? And we feel competent and good about ourselves when we, when we, when we have skill and then are able to, to pull that skill out on demand and then succeed at it. Um, and so technically it doesn't need any other input from, from people, right? We should, the, the correct answer should be mute everybody and just do your own thing. Except that we get this need satisfied partly socially through the interactions of others, you know, who edify our competency. And so when you mute everybody and like say like, okay, I don't care about any, any of that and any of you, um, and, and then I'm just going to do my own thing, we actually lose kind of p- part of the this, this serving of that, of that base psychological need that fulfills us when we are doing these, these, skill-based, um, these skill-based things. And so there's a struggle here where it's like, okay, well, I want to leave people unmuted and I want to have interaction. I want to have social, social, like social display of my skill. And at the same time, like people are not edifying it at, you know, they're just kind of like making excuses for it. And this is one of the reasons that like, here's, here's an example of something I did back in World of Warcraft that was really like not, I would say not healthy now that I'm looking at it, but I basically chose purposely really bad champions and then played them in roles that they weren't suited for in order to be better than other people those roles and get praise for doing it with a worse class essentially or at least to have an excuse to fail at it right so then i would like not be able to do it as well as somebody else and i'd be like well it's fine because i'm playing a paladin and i'm doing it and they're playing like the default role you know and i felt like it was more worthy of praise to do it with with a worse champion uh and i think that that's a little bit like defective in terms of my mentality because i couldn't i couldn't accept and and at some point i evolved where i like i accepted the the failure of doing it with the primary role that like should be able to pull it off you know and then i also was able to accept the praise uh while i was doing it that way so anyway that's kind of like a little side note but if you ever have experienced that mentality then you know what i'm talking about here it's about competency and the the need the base psychological we need need we have for that okay so what advice do I have? Well, first of all, I think that this this only can be solved through an understanding of of the sh- a mentality shift of like understanding how it is that you win through League of Legends. Like League of Legends is not a one v nine carry game like Dota is, where you can just have a champion and you can kill the other five people on the opposing team at a, at the appropriate time. Obviously, I don't mean all at the same time, but um, but oftentimes whether or not su- like e girl supports are in the meta or not determines a lot of their of their viability and you have to win with an eagle support a lot of times it's actually harder to win 
with these champions than it is uh, consistently than people think because they see it as like where you're winning through somebody and you don't have the skill set to mechanically like outplay somebody in terms of like trading them and last hitting them. When in reality, first of all, you're in the most complex lane in the entire game. So the bot lane has so many decisions in terms, of, in terms of like the depth of its capabilities in terms of when to back and how to soak XP and how to trade appropriately and where to position in your lane. You like you have to consider things like positioning not only with, related to the jungle but also to the two players and then the, the minions and your own champion like so much more than in any other lane. And on top of that, you're playing a support that isn't really as resilient and doesn't have the playmaking potential and has to rely on being in the right place at the right time. And you're playing a role where you win through guidance and leadership of your team because we know that in solo queue, uh, where you put your vision determines where the play happens. Like when people see those little red dots in the minimap, you know, they just attracted them like magnets. And your ability both to like get in and out with vision, place it at the right time, do it in a safe way with an e-girl, and at the same time, like do it appropriately to guide your team to where you want them to be for the right play all plays into how it is that you like obtain victory through these champions. And so if you're if you're find it very easy to win with e-girls, most of the time it's because you are very very smart at the strategy of the game and you're deploying that on the champion that has the most impact in terms of strategy and allows that that decision-making prowess to shine. So I think of it more in terms of like do you also want to be good at this other skill set? Like, there are more decision-stupid champions where you can win without having strategy or as much macro or as much intelligence or as much choice, like decision-making choice as a e-girl support. Um, and it requires a different skill set. And if that's something that, like, edifies you and you want to do that, then you should, like, think about trying out those champions as well. Now, if you can like change your mindset around to see the the positives and the strengths of these champions and you can use that as an armor in order to defend yourself from these comments then great we're done with this question right you can say like that's fine people can think these things and they can be wrong and i can know the truth that like actually there's a there's a ton of people who would log in with these champions and suck because they're trying to win the wrong way and they don't have the skill set needed to win with these champions which is based on a completely different kind of like style. And I don't mean that there's a style like all the other champions and then eagle sports. I mean that for each like subset of of champions, whether we're talking about assassins or whether we're talking about initiators or whether we're talking about bruisers, there's a certain way you have to play and a certain set of decisions you have to master in order to climb with them. Um, yeah, and then I think the rest is just owning it, right? So if you can get to the point where you're okay with understanding the truth of the situation which is that there is no easy path to the top. They all have their strengths and weaknesses. And you then you, you're able to know that. Then you can start to own it and just be like, you can meme it yourself. I mean, once you get to the point where you can laugh at yourself and you can not literally not care about the comments that are bouncing off of you in that term, then then you know that you have like fully accepted the truth of your of your understanding that like this is something that that you know takes effort and you know it takes challenge and you aren't worried about other people's perceptions of it anymore. That is the best answer that I can give because the stigma I feel like is is uh, kind of ridiculous, I guess. I mean, just like anything that people make assumptions about is pretty ridiculous. So it's a shame that it affects 
people in the negative when they just want to play their own, do their own thing. It's kind of like this whole thing about miniskirts, you know, girls wear miniskirts for the boys. No, they wear it for themselves. Um, it's really, I think it's really hard as a, as a guy, it took me years to understand what that comment meant when girls say like, no, I'm wearing this for myself, not for you. Um, I was like, really? Um, and then, and then I think I had some experiences like with my own, with my own self when I started going to the gym in terms of my own fitness and my own fashion. When I was like, oh, now I finally get it. Like I get, like I'm not doing this for somebody else. I'm doing this for myself, and and looking at myself in the mirror and, and appreciating like, like what I want to about that. It's not for other people, right? But then when other people comment about it, it's like, that's cool because like, then it feeds into my own motivation for my own my own sake right but like i think it's a little bit of that that idea that like you have to be like i'm doing this for myself and it's irrelevant kind of like what your input is but your your input is great if it's positive and if it's negative like i don't need to hear it that kind of thing so i <laughs> i feel like there there even is a gendered answer to this this uh question uh in terms of like that that concept and that was the first thing that popped into my mind when i heard this question i was like oh this is like this sh- the miniskirt thing again or at least that's how I experienced it when I when I heard about it. All right, let's go on to the second question. Thank you very much for calling in, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk about stigmas. Question number two. I don't have my little question overlay because I'm getting new overlays made for the show, so sorry for that, that there's no graphical thing that you can skim through this video and find the questions, but if you look for when I have my headphones on, you'll be able to see when the questions are kicking off. Hi Weldon, it's James. I was just wondering if you have any advice for a university student trying to build an effective routine which allows me to both study study hard and balance my personal life as well. Um, as an aside, I wanted to know your thoughts on the Pomodoro technique. Thanks. Okay, let me tackle the easier of these first Pomodoro technique. I have tried time boxing and the Pomodoro technique a couple times and failed at it miserably, so I think it's great if it works for you. And if it doesn't, don't feel guilty. Like you're broken or defective in some way. You can get things done without using the technique to be effective. So use it if it works. And if it doesn't, and if you and if you don't have any other way of improving yourself, you know, practice at it till you get good at it. And otherwise, don't worry about it and find something else. As far as building a routine for studying and training, I think this... I need a lot more context to be able to answer this question for you when you say build a routine. So I can't really build you a routine, but what I can do is recommend some questions that you can ask yourself to then help you build a routine. First of all, what is your what is your priority? What it's, it's kind of like how much money would make you happy? If you think about what are the things that you need to own and the amount of income per year that would like make you happy and then that becomes your goal. You know, you don't need millions of dollars. You just need a certain amount. You reverse engineer it from that amount and then you see like, okay, well, these are the jobs that can get me there, et cetera, and still leave me the free time to do this, et cetera. So it's the same thing with building a routine. What is your priority? Like what level of League of Legends or or CSGO or whatever game you're playing do you need to hit to to feel satisfied? And Actually, this is a really good question to ask yourself because if you you might realize that you actually don't have an answer to that or that it's the top, right? But why is it the top? Like, what if you got... Like, I want you to imagine... I don't know if you're playing League or CSGO or Overwatch, but I'll just use the League of Legends ranks for 
for illustrating this. I want you to imagine that you got gold one. Be like, would that make me happy? Then I want you to imagine that you got diamond one. And I want you to imagine that you're diamond one for like a month at a time, right? And think like, would that make me happy? What would the games feel like? You know, what would they be like? What would happen in the games? And I want you to, to realize, you know, that you're going to win 50% and lose 50% just like you're doing now, maybe a little bit skewed in one direction. You're going to carry some games. You're going to feed and lane some games just like now. Then I want you to imagine, okay, let's imagine I'm Masters. Okay, let's imagine I'm Challenger. Okay, what, what would that make me happy? Would that satisfy me? What is it that I'm looking for in that experience? So really ask yourself these questions and figure out what the answer is. Like what level do you need to be? What are you seeking, right? And then you will have your priority. So then you'll know essentially how much time you need to put in. We know that you can't really get you know, to Masters and Challenger with like less than three, four hours, uh, you know, a couple days a week of training. So if you can't put in that time, then you know that you should be satisfied more with like the gold level, um, unless you've already put in enough time beforehand that you can kind of, like, for example, Phelps, a lot of people say Phelps won all those golds at the London, London Olympics off the momentum from his you know, 12 years of training before that because he didn't really do such great training leading up to London, which is why he struggled a bit. But um, but if you've, you know, put in the time beforehand, then obviously you can, you can mess with these numbers. These are just illustrations. But anyway, figure out what you want in terms of your achievement there. And then the same thing for studying. What level of failure or success is acceptable to you and what do you want out of the experience? Who are you satisfying? Are you satisfying yourself. Okay, well then what grades do you need to get and what do you need to learn compared to the amount of money you're spending? Are you satisfying yourself and your family? In which case, like what level of grades do you need to hit to satisfy them and really square yourself with that? Once you understand your goals, I would say, your aims or like as far as you're willing to fail, then you can easily prioritize the amount of time that you need to go one way or the other. So then when you want to build a routine, it's all dependent on the amount of sacrifice that you have to make for, for these goals. Like the routine is going to be different if you are okay with C's and you're okay with diamond than if you're not okay with that. If you're only okay with going pro and getting a 4.0, then you need to go to sleep every single night at like 9.30 and you need to get awake. You need to wake up every single day at like 4 a.m. and you need to, you know, work your butt off and never watch Netflix and not socialize and not have any friends and you need to be like either training or studying every single minute of every single day. Um, and if that's not the case, then the routine's a lot easier to figure out. You know, you wake up at seven and you shower and you go to the, go to eat. And so like, here's an example. Here's my routine right now. I wake up at four. I stream from 4.30 to six. I go to the gym from six to eight. I take the kids into daycare. Um, on the days when I can't go to the gym from 6 to 8, I take the kids into daycare. Then I go to the gym at like 8.30. Um, then I work, usually at Dojo Madness, although not for the last few weeks because of the kid, uh, for like six hours in the middle of the day. And then uh, try to squeeze in some working on my brand sometime between like 6 and 8 a.m. or at the end of the day, between 3 and 4 p.m. Uh, and then I go pick up the kids and then... I make dinner and then I clean the house and then I do their baths and then I put them in bed and then that's it, right? So your routines are just like you figure out what you need to get done in a day and you reverse engineer the schedule that you need to get it done and then you just press go.
And try not to do things like from 12 midnight to 2 a.m. Although that's how I built this brand in the first place. I realized I could have just gone to bed and gotten up early all those times. Hi, Weldon. My name's Greg, and my son Nathan is a 17-year-old League of Legends player, Snakey. I want to know, should I let him take this summer off to pursue his dream of becoming a pro player? His highest rank has been the very top end of Diamond 3, like one win away from taking series for Diamond 2. He has good micro, but I don't believe he really knows what to do next to improve like he wants to with macro and meta. Right now, Nathan's at the peak of his motivation to improve, and this coincides with the timing for nailing down a job if he's going to work this summer. I want to be supportive of him, but as you can see, I have a hard decision to make as a father. I have basically required my other sons to get summer jobs. I'm considering allowing Nathan to take this summer to seriously pursue improving at league. In general, I think he does a good job of balancing his life. He's a good student, socially adept, and comfortable on a stage, singing and acting. If we go the route of pursuing league this summer, I thought you might be able to help him set some guide rails. Thanks, and all the best. Okay, Greg, thank you so much for this question. And I don't want to be responsible for your parenting decisions, so I hope that you like take this this info and then and then roll with it and make the best decision for you and your family. But if you do, because since I'm gonna since I am gonna say like he should get a job, if you do want to be off the hook for this, you can point to this video and just say, "Look, this is what Weldon said." So that's what we're doing. I understand uh, when you want when you when you want to not be the bad guy. Okay. Anyway, so here's my thought about this. And I was thinking about it a little bit before the show because a, a similar question came up in chat then. Um, I think that the, the, the things that I've seen... I've, I've, so I've talked to a number of people who have taken seasons off uh, and who have gone, tried to go pro and who have worked on improving. And I've talked to people who have failed at that and people who succeeded at that. By the way, the success rate doesn't seem to be very high. Uh, there's, there's a couple people that have felt like they have improved... And then there's a ton of people who had problems. And the biggest problem that they had is existential anxiety. And that is that like they were they were they were thinking, okay, I've taken this time and I've dedicated it to this thing, and something will happen, right? They'll be like, they won't see results. And so they'll feel they'll start to feel this existential anxiety. Uh, like, oh my gosh, am I making the right choice? Like my 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 parents gave me this thing when my brothers didn't work and now I or did work, and now I'm not working, so it's like this special circumstance, and this pressure is on me, right? And it impacts their performance and their ability to improve. Um, and then something else happens, like uh, they they just like, you know, get bored or get burned out a little bit, and they need to take a night off, so then they go take a night off, or they take a couple days off, you know, and then they're like, oh my gosh, I'm falling out of the habit, and like, not only am I not working, um, but also I'm not doing the thing which I said I was going to do because like that's a job and I wanted to take time off of that and now I'm doing this other thing and I'm just like you know hanging out with friends which is what I should be doing because I'm a 17 year old and I need to have a social life and I need to explore and I need to have fun but like now I have this other thing that could that I should be doing that's like right more existential anxiety and then the worst thing happens which is that they actually get bored with the game right because they're trying to they're it's it's so much of a grind because they have so much pressure that the joy that normally comes from pursuing mastery starts to dissipate and then they start to like expend energy instead of take energy from the process and then they start to get like the cycles of burnout because you're training for a whole summer so you have enough time to get in like eight weeks in you know and start to burn out and then the real existential anxiety comes when they're like i need to take a couple weeks off but then like 
this summer was dedicated to this thing, right? So I think it I think that there there are all of these existential anxieties that pile up on people when they make a decision like this related to something that previously was an escape and gave them a lot of joy and gave them some way of developing themselves and improving and having fun and it becomes a grind and that transition maybe it's good if it happens now because normally it happens when people are pros you know they go pro and then and then this happens you know these these kind of existential anxieties surface and they have to start dealing with them but there's a lot more resources to deal with them there uh you know like people like me for example who work with teams to help them a little bit with that although I'm not working with a team right now. And a lot of the teams, I think, in the pro leagues of League of Legends, at least, don't have sports psychology trainers. So that's a problem. But um, but anyway, I think I think it depends on whether or not you, you, you and your son are prepared for these existential anxieties and you see it as a learning process and something you want to help him like a master in terms of his own f- personal philosophy. Because you, 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 he's going to have to work through these things psychologically and be okay with them. They're all going to happen, and then he's just going to have to choose that it's okay that he takes a day off, and that it's okay that he burns out, and that it's okay that he's not working. So what I would recommend instead is to take a middle road. Instead of saying like, okay, you need to work a full-time job, and then you can do this on the side, and instead of saying like, no, you have to do full-time this and nothing else, I would say like, he needs to have something else that he can throw himself into when League of Legends is not the thing that he's doing. And also something else to balance. My opinion is that when you have something else taking up your time, it forces you to make better decisions about all of the time that you're spending. So if you have something else that like, if you're working for four hours a day, and then you also need to train, you will become much more efficient and better at training than if you just have a full open schedule. Open schedules are wonderful for people who have mastered the creative art and are creating things and they have their routine and they have their schedule and they have uh like a purpose in life and they have a mission and they're they're creating like their craft it's much more dangerous to have a fully open schedule if you are still trying to like essentially develop your craft i think i think the pressure is like a good cooker for that so i would say like what is a job that can be scaled very easily? Like, uh, you know, you can call in and just get more work or less work. What is a job? Maybe you don't want to set a job. Like, you have to get a job. Maybe you just want to set a certain amount of money he needs to earn a certain week. You know, like, you have to earn this amount of money a month. I don't care how you earn it. Well, yeah, actually, you do care how he earns it, right? A little bit. But, um, but you know, like, you can, you can, if you can find a part-time job that you work two hours and you get that amount of money, if you can work for a whole week and then do nothing the other three weeks, you know, um, whatever it is, like some way of like, uh, I don't want to be like the typical parent where it's like, oh, you have a, you have a, what is it, an allowance so that you learn how to balance your money, right? Um, but there's some truth to that a little bit, although most parents don't deploy it very well in terms of like, you know, teaching through it. They just kind of like give it. But, but there is some truth to like not just having like a full open openness in terms of like, the 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 limitless possibility of what you could do with a day and then league of legends is not the kind of sport where there's a there's a solid enough path that you could fill all of that with productive activities so then it could be that he trains and trains and trains and does not improve because we don't have a clear-cut path for improvement in league of legends like we do in chess or in football or in these various other sports where like you you know that if you dedicate yourself to it fully that there's a 
that there's a wealth of knowledge there in terms of progression and drills and techniques and coaches that you can hire at you know different points to like improve. It's like maybe it'll happen and maybe it won't. Which also, by the way, leads more to the existential anxiety. So yeah, I think that I think a middle road is a much better approach personally, both in terms of his own performance and in terms of like the balance of of what he's going to get out of the summer. And I don't think that it will impact at all his ultimate success at going pro. Like if he can't balance, you know, four hours of work a day and still get to a high level, then there was no chance that he would be able to go pro anyway, even if he had the extra four hours. So I think that that will be, you know, a good satiation, I think, for that, for that, uh, that curiosity. Okay. Last question. I hope you guys are ready. Oh, before I jump into the last question, I have to promote to you my Mac program, the Mindfulness Acceptance Commitment Program, which is the training program that I do with pro teams, but in video form as you log in on the internet after you purchase access. That's what it is. Trying to describe it because people always ask me, what is it? Do I get a CD? Are you going to lecture me? The answer is yes, but in video form. And no, you don't get a CD. It's all on a website. I'm working on making this into an app. Actually, you'll see that the Mac banner I use to advertise this, if you're watching the video experience of this show, is different. That's because I incorporated the banner and the, uh, sorry, I incorporated the the new logo we have and the new uh, style guides for the fonts that I use into the banner, yay, and the new color for the brand. These are kind of like the steps that I'm taking with the app, and the app is in development. The content is in development. I'm converting it all over into a more app-like experience, and I'm very excited for this to come in the next four to eight weeks. Um, but for now, you're still buying the old Mac program, which actually... I say old, is the third or fourth version iteration of this program. I think this current one that you would be purchasing, I launched or last touched in 2015. So that was almost three years ago. Gosh, I was working on it constantly before that. Then I took a couple years off to focus on the pro leagues. Now I have all sorts of insight and a wealth of information to kind of build back into the program. And that's what I'm doing now. But anyway, the Mac program is a set of 47 videos that takes you through mental resilience, mindfulness, being aware of your internal states that drive you, acceptance, accepting those internal states and commitment, doing the behavior that would be best served, that would best serve your long-term values instead of your internal states. Instead of satisfying whatever condition that your human body imposes upon you, the human condition, you do what will, or you should do, what will make sense for you in the long term. And that process, that choice is not a very easy thing. But luckily, There's a set of transferable mechanisms through which you make that choice over and over and over again in every different field that you make it, whether it's for going to the gym or whether it's for studying or whether it's for eating or whether it's for a relationship thing. And those steps are pretty much the same. Those hoops you jump through mentally and emotionally are very close. Somehow as humans, we don't live up to that reality. Like the fact that we deploy the same like mental setup for making this choice when we're going to the gym versus making it when we're um, not purchasing an extra bottle of wine to, in order to save an extra five bucks. Those are two different things in our head. We we don't develop the same resilience to these decisions uh, through practice. Like you get really good at going to the gym and then you just spend a bunch of money on wine. Even though you're really good at going to the gym, you're really good at making that decision. Somehow it doesn't transfer over, but it can transfer over. If you take this opaque process of mindfulness, acceptance, and commitment out of the woodwork and you consciously do it when you're making these decisions, then you can start consciously doing it in other areas of your life as well and deploying the same mental resilience that you develop in one realm 
to the other realm. That is the goal of this program. That is the goal of kind of why I jumped into esport in the first place with youth development through sport or human development through esport, through any competitive endeavor. Um, and this program, by the way, is not geared specifically toward esport. If you have any craft that you are attempting to perfect or pursue, this is this is what you would use it for. Okay. You can check it out, mindgames.gg/mac, and use the code AskWeldon to get your $5 discount. That is a code that I use to find out that you came from the YouTube experience here, or the Twitch. Then I know. That's where you heard about it. Okay, let's jump into the last question, shall we? Hey, Weldon. It's Nitsis again. Um, I'm currently a DPS player on my current team, and more often in scrims and tournaments, I feel like I'm not performing as best as I possibly could, despite the amount of growth I've had um, recently as a player and as a person in general. Have you got any advice on how I could break through this plateau to a high level of play? Thank you for the time. Okay, so Nixus said, I feel plateaued in my odd stage performance. And what he said was, I feel like I'm not performing up to my, my possibility in scrims and on stage. So first of all, I'm wondering, is this... Do you have any evidence for this, Nixus? Do you have evidence, like in your solo performance, that you you can perform better, and then you're failing that in scrims and on stage? In which case, that's one thing. Or if you don't have any evidence of it, you just feel like I'm better than this, but you you actually like you play on scrims and you play on stage and you play in solo, and you're like, oh, I'm just I feel like I'm better than this. That's a different thing. Okay, so let's deal with the second thing first. If you have no evidence. And I want you to be real about this. Like, don't be like, oh no, this one time I made this one play. I'm talking about consistent evidence. If you have no evidence that you are actually a much, much better player and you're somehow playing down to a reduced level only in scrims and on stage, but otherwise you're like, you're like way better. If you have no evidence of that, then this is, a, this is like an acceptance of reality conversation where it's like, no, actually, this is your level and first you need to accept that and then you can start improving. You're not you're not like being held down uh in terms of like you know the environment or whatever. Now, uh if that's if if that's the case and you're like, well no, that's true. I'm just plateaued. Like I've been improving, but then I stopped improving and I feel like I should be keeping improving, but I'm not. I'm just plateaued. So that that's the that's kind of like the argument here. Then I would say Typically, one of the things that you do to break through plateaus, especially in a, in a sport like Paladins, where we have no idea how to train it, we don't know at what level you need what skills, we don't have a, like a, a clear path from 0 to 100 in terms of how it is you go from sucking at it to being a master at it. So we, we literally have no answer to that. But the, the principles for breaking through plateaus are the same no matter what. You have to change what you're doing, first of all. And the, the two things that you can do is either you can go zero, just like take a break, okay? Let your mechanics and the neurons related to your motor learning and everything rot. And when you come back in like seven days or 14 days, you have to rebuild some of the basic kind of habits. And that's when you should be really focused about the rebuild. You should be super focused about behavior change and about improving the things that you realize you're doing wrong and really, you know, watch a bunch of your VODs and be like, oh, I got to do this better and this better and watch a bunch of pro players who are better than you if you can find them and, uh, and you know, be like, oh, I got to do this and this and this better. And then when you come back, be really hyper-focused on not letting yourself slip into bad habits and be like, you know, cutting edge. 
The other thing you can do is you can drastically increase your volume. So you can either cut it to zero or you can like bump it up, double it, and just like spam out the most in- insane amount of like games that you as you've ever played. Just really burn it out there. Or you can just increase the amount of study you're doing. You know, you just you have to vary something. You have to like overwhelm your brain in the product in the production side or in the in the rest state side to let things rot so you can rebuild more easily. So you just have some sort of disruption that allows you to grow. You need stress-related growth. You need to disrupt the norm in one way or the other. Please don't like get into a fight and get arrested as a way to disrupt your norm and be like, all right, this is totally different from my normal life. Now I'm going to get better at paladins. That's not what I'm talking about. All right. And then the other situation is you actually do have evidence that you are an amazing player and then like you're just choking in scrims and on stage. And then the answer is a little bit different. It's that the pressure of other people watching you is is forcing you to over control your game and you need to like be more vulnerable and more brave. And by that I mean you need to just go for it more often and not and not second guess yourself and not worry about what other people see and not worry about the consequences and just do it and be like if I mess this up three times in front of these people and they start to hate me and they kick me from this team, it's not a big deal because I'm good enough that I will get on another team and like this is going to happen. If I mess up on stage and I lose, like I'm in an eSport, losing is going to happen. But like losing and not making the play and then being frustrated with myself as a, as like playing down to a, a worse level versus making the play and failing it or trying to make the play and failing it on stage in front of all of these eyes is like, that's where you want to be, okay? That's who you want to be as a player. That's who you want to be as a performer. And that is going to pan out way more in the long run than any sort of hesitation. You just have to go for it. I mean, like aggressively, okay? Um, that will start to detach you from the values. and the ju- You need to think non-judgmentally about people's views. Like they're going to see you and they're going to judge you and Reddit's going to judge you and the community's going to judge you and your teammates are going to judge you. But you need to be non-judgmental. You need to get into a non-judgmental space and just go for the play no matter what consequences happen afterwards. And that is the mindset which will get your own head out of your way and let your muscles do what you trained them to do previously. So what happens is when you get the judgmental mindset you start to overly control your muscles, the ones that are moving the mouse and the keyboard and making decisions, and it slows you down, makes you worse. That's what choking is. That's not what tilting is, that's what choking is. And the only way to get out of that is to get out of your own way and let the automatic skills that you trained kind of like take over. And for that, you just have to like do, just make the decision, go, pull the trigger. Okay? Awesome. And then, I mean, if you're not good enough, you're not good enough. Then at the end of the of the play, you can be like, oh, well, I lost that. Okay, well, I guess I'm not good enough, but at least I made the play. Then you go train. And that's the answer to that conundrum. Instead of wondering, what if I did? What if I didn't? Oh, what if I did? What if I didn't? Thanks for coming out today, guys. Make sure to come by the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash mindgameswellin for the rest of the show live. Make sure to submit your question, anchor.fm slash Green. I need questions. I need questions to keep this show running. Anchor.fm slash Weldon Green. Submit your amazing question today. And check out the Mac program. Support the development of the app, the Mind Games app. See you tomorrow. That is the show for you today. And remember that you can use the code podcast instead of the code ask Weldon when you check out the Mac program at mindgames.gg slash MAC. And remember that you can also sign up for these training sessions, the live stream training sessions, 
on the Discord, which you'll find the link to the Discord in the description for this podcast. And it'll be a pinned post in probably the general channel there or the announcements channel, whatever the, the normal like default channel is for that server. And uh, make sure you check out the Twitch Twitch channel where I live stream this show live. If you want the long form version, you can actually listen to it all in audio. The Twitch app supports an audio only function. You can put the phone in your pocket. You can listen to the full hour and a half you know, show. I'd make sure always to read the questions in the chat that I'm talking about so that you don't need to look at the phone screen to kind of see what's going on. You can simply follow along with your ears alone. And you'll also be able to check out these training sessions, which I'm not going to be able to podcast them very well, or maybe I'll podcast them. We'll figure out something. But for now, they're just going to be on the Twitch channel. So you can come there and check them out as well. Talk to you tomorrow.